Hello and welcome to In the Money Daily for the Breeders' Cup. Peter Thomas Fornital back with you from the apron here at Keeneland, where I was just out for breakfast this morning. And I'm joined by a man who, you know, people call me a world traveler, but that's only because they're not familiar with this guest itinerary. He is uh, on his way back from the Melbourne Cup. You know him from his work on NBC, from his own eponymous podcast. He is Nick Luck of Nick Luck Daily. Nick Luck, how are things? Hello, Pete. It is great to be doing this. And I'm sorry we haven't been able to hook up until now. The crazy time difference didn't make it possible. But I've now landed at LAX trying to get a connection to Lexington. Unfortunately, the Lax Lex paradigm precludes doing this in one hit. But I'm just glad to be on American soil after a wonderful trip in Melbourne. And I feel surprisingly fresh this morning. That won't last. (laughs) <laughs> fool's gold kind of thing false dawn we sometimes call that That's whether it's uh, traveling yeah. or other things that that knock but, us sideways well this will be a little bit different because we've done this show the last few years where we do the sort of the high level overview early on we we had uh, vanessa ryle doing that with us right when we got the pre-entries but i think that enables us to not necessarily drill down any deeper, but have a little bit more firmly established opinions about some of these horses, because at least we have a draw, we have post positions, things like that. So I'm very eager to get your thoughts. And why don't we just kick on with the the, the first race that we're going to see some uh, international participation in on this uh, on this Friday card. And there's plenty of invaders as we'll call them in the juvenile turf sprint who are the ones we need to be paying attention to well it's a great race a lot of it revolves around what the platinum queen can do from gate 12 i think i'd want to be against her at the current prices she's going to get a lot of pressure to her inside i would think from from tyler's tribe i'm looking for a horse in here who's tactical enough to be able to latch on and not get detached but is going to be finishing off the race with some strength Add a little bit of class to that, and I think you've got a bet here in the six Persian force. Um, let's face it, Richard Hannon, junior and senior, neither of their Breeders' Cup records inspires great awe. But I think now we're in a post-Lasix era, things might be equalised somewhat. Dottori gets on. He's absolutely pumped up for it. This horse has just been running group one, group one, group one, running really well, really well, really well. What price would Blackbeard be if he was in this race? Uh, he's not too far off him. And I think he's tactical enough to be handy enough, but you know he'll be finishing his race out and he's a group one horse. The other one I was interested in was Mischief Magic, but I just think he's got too far back uh, his last two starts and that worries me. He'll be finishing, but whether he'll be whether he'll be there on the pace or, or close enough to the pace to, to, for that to be effective is a moot point. And the, the dark horse really is dramatised. If she returns to her Queen Mary form, then... She's arguably the one they've all got to beat, but they've had all the sort of will-they-won't-they runner in the lead-up to this, and I just don't think it's been a perfect prep, and I'll happily watch her win off an imperfect prep. I had a comment from Rob Dove, who we frequently refer to on these shows, one of the top 10 pro punters in the UK today, who was concerned (laughs) about dramatized and how big and powerful that that she is and her ability to get around a tight bend. That that was why he was sort of leaning against with dramatized. Do you think that's a, a legitimate concern? Uh, it wouldn't be the first thing on my mind, but it's certainly a very interesting point. Um, she's well, she's well drawn, and she's got pace. So I think you know that's going to be massively in her favour. If she was coming here off a a better run and a better prep, I'd really like her. But it, it, you're just taking too much of a chance, I think. 
let's move on to the juvenile Phillies turf, a race where I had the chance today to see meditate in the flesh. And I have to say, I just thought she looked awesome. A lot going on behind the saddle, built in such a way that I'm not too concerned about the distance for her with these turns involved. I just think she looks handy and athletic. And I'm, I'm very much with her. I don't think it's as simple as her. I've also really come to the idea of spirit gal maybe trying to make all and uh, and post an upset in the spot but of course this show they don't want to hear my opinions about these horses they can get that elsewhere let's hear what you think about the juvenile phillies turf i i i agree with you and i disagree with you i agree with you that i love meditate i disagree with you that i don't think it's that simple i think it is that simple and if she goes off anything like the four (laughs) to one she is on the morning line i think that's an absolute gift i don't really mind her out in 10 in this race She's pretty tractable and she's tactical enough to to go and then get in if she needs to. She's got the right pedigree for this. The the dam is bred for plenty of stamina as well. But she's by no name ever. And she's she's a filly, I think, that can easily get this distance. I, I have no issues on that score. And she just got the best form. Simple as that. She looked superstar quality, really, until she was defeated by Tahira. But Tahira might be a freakish ability. I didn't think there was anything wrong at all with her second to Lazoo in the Cheveley Park Stakes. A, re- a reproduction of that run in and of itself, I think, would be good enough. You've got to remember two things. First off, she was backing up quick. Secondly, she was coming back to six-eighths of a mile on that occasion. And thirdly, the ground had maybe just gone a little bit on the dead side for her. I think a nice slick surface, a couple of turns and a mile. I just think she's good. I think she's going to win. Simple as. Do you think any of the other horses coming from overseas have a hit-the-board shot in here? Any Anything quick on them to well, give to the listeners? Given the fact that Cairo was going to run in this race until fairly late in the day, the fact that Spirit Gal managed to thump her two and a half lengths in a reasonable little race at Dundalk, first time going further than six furlongs, has got to it, it, inspire some confidence. And she's bred to be good, so I do get your... I do get your um, way of thinking there. I, I honestly believe that, that the winner is Meditate, and I think she's comfortably the best of, uh, of these. Really, really looked good out there today. So that, that was extremely encouraging as far as I'm concerned. How about the boys' version of this race? What do you think about that one? Uh, I think there have been stronger editions of it, in all honesty. Uh, I know JK is very keen on, on Silver Knot, and I... I certainly wouldn't be keen to put him off, but you know the market's just going to send these Appleby horses off now like they used to send the O'Brien horses off. And you're getting nothing. You're going to get nothing in the price. Um, so I'd be I'd be tempted to, to try and find some sort of value elsewhere in the race. Um, I, I don't mind the Bally Doyle, to be honest. Victoria Road. That win in the Criterion du Fond, that's good form. Blue Road Sen came out. We know what she did in the in the pre-Marcel Boussac. He himself has uh, backed it up with a, a fair run at Chanty. He's got some form back in the book. I, I think Silver Knot is much the likeliest winner here, um, but I think I'd I, I think I'd offer a little respect to to Victoria Road. I, I was at Keeneland when it, and the winner is won the Bourbon. I, I was very impressed with him. I, I don't think the American horses should be completely overlooked here. 
I was going to ask who you like from the domestic side of things. And as far as that opinion goes overall, certainly wouldn't be the first time that the less heralded of the, the English or Irish horses got the job done in a Breeders' Cup race. You, you do think, and the winner is, is a serious contender. Was there anything else domestically? I, that? Uh, yeah, I think he's a serious contender. And I think that the Chad obviously is a serious contender, isn't he? I'm very busy because he was so impressive at Saratoga. And then he, everything, everything was against him at, um, at Aqueduct soft ground bad bad post didn't get out of the gate got a bump out of the start um and then didn't get going until too late that's surely not going to happen again i mean he i don't think he's going to be forward but he's not going to be as far back as he was that day so he's certainly he's certainly a player um i'm very busy and the winner is i think it's a it's a, a fairly tightly matched bunch Let's move on to the races on Saturday, and we'll start off in the turf sprint, which goes as race number four, uh, where there's some some really interesting intersecting form lines on display. I'll, I'll start with the most basic question, though. Can any of them beat Golden Pal? Well, yeah, uh, I think Highfield Princess definitely can. Um, if she's in the same form as she was when she won the Nunthorpe and the, and the Flying Five, and she's been around a bend a lot in her career, so she definitely can. But there's nothing imaginative in that. Uh, I mean, much is made of the fact Golden Pal is undefeated five and a half at Keeneland. It's his own backyard. Wesley's record at getting horses primed for the Breeders' Cup is fantastic, and he still likes him better than his other runners in the race. But I wasn't massively impressed with his, his last victory. It was a stakes record, yes, but Pete, you and I both know that every single turf race that was run over that weekend was run in a stakes record time, so... I don't think we're going to get too carried away with that. I, I think I think she could, or I think she could almost use him as a use him as a as a hare, uh, use him as a bunny. I, I think you know, they're drawn two two gates away from each other. She's got good gate speed for a European horse. I think she could get out and just sit up his tail. And I know she's going to finish the race stronger than him um, if the, if the travelling hasn't taken too much out of her. So, uh, uh, yeah, I think she can. I, she's not the value of the race. I think the clear standout value play in this race to use underneath, if, you, if, you, if you're a big Golden Pal fan or if you're a big Highfield Princess fan, you've got to get Emirati Anna in those exotics. Absolutely crucial. There is nothing wrong with this horse's chance. Decent draw around well at Del Mar last year, gets the extra half of Furlong. Ground's going to stay, stay on top for him. He'd been trained for it all year. He's been building to a peak. It, and it, it, whoever put him in at 20 to 1 hasn't been watching. That's our that's our colleague. That's Nick Tamaro making that morning line. I, I didn't ask him specifically about Emiratiana. I feel like there's two ways of looking at the form, and you have now tilted me away to the other way. I was there was a, a you know just a first blush. Hmm, is he as good as last year when I actually picked him in this race? And and, and that's sort of where I started. But it, it did you know in, in having conversations did have this idea of maybe he's been laid out for this race and is rounding right back into form. And clearly, you think that's the I, case. I, I'm clearly gonna. I'm clearly gonna have to do some serious groveling to Nick Tamaro for being so dismissive. And uh, uh, you can blame it on. You can blame. You can blame. You can blame it on the jet lag. Uh, obviously, obviously, a fine judge. Um, and clearly, he's got Hyper Princess and Golden Pal taking a big chunk of the market out here. And maybe that's right. Maybe that's right. But I do think, as I say, if you are, if you are playing the exotics and. Um, you, know, you you need you need I just feel you need to include this horse in your wagering. I think he's yeah, look let's just look at the evidence. He he ran all right at Royal Ascot off the back of a long break. Dubai was a disaster for him. And then he's come back and run much better in the July Cup. 
that's what that was a big step forward in the right direction and the run at haydock was every bit as good as his win in the race last year in my view because the previous year he scrambled home from a weak field this year he was beaten by minzal who on his day was you know right up there amongst the best sprinters in europe so I say, I think we've got an absolute optimal distance this year of five and a half because he doesn't quite get six and he's not quite quick enough for five. And he does like decent ground and he is a high class horse and he is a group one winner. So, and he's got Breeders' Cup form. So he'll do for me. Lots of positives. 16 to one available generally internationally. So certainly international. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I am being, I'm a... being unkind. I'm, I'm being unkind because <laughs> clearly. The books all think the same thing. Uh, well, the, well, the punters think the same thing. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I am swimming against the tide, I suppose. No, but that's good. That's when you get paid. I do have to ask you quickly about Creative Force and Campanelle, the two horses well, that I have in my exacta for this race. Um, Campanelli's got a chance, hasn't she? But are, are they, is she going to find it all happening a bit fast for her? I, uh, that's that's my only my only slight worry. Uh, it's with possible. Her. I do think if they really, really blaze, which you think which they, they might, it, it could bring her stamina into play. I mean, she, I think there's one reading of her form that she's an Ascot horse for course, you know, with how testing mm. that, that straight is. Though she has terrific form around the bend, too. So, I, you know, and she's got, uh, it, was, it was a while ago, but she's got Highfield Princess on the book. I think she's interesting at 8 or 10 to 1. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not. That's not a completely crazy suggestion. I mean, Wesley will tell you that he quite likes a rest me red at a big price because you can easily, you can easily forgive the Kentucky Downs run where he looked completely unbalanced on the on the, on the track. You know, the good. I mean, Naval Crown's thirty to one on the morning line. If he came back to his July Cup run, he'd have some sort of a chance. I don't think yeah. he's fast enough for this. I don't think he's got the. I don't think he's got the sufficient. I think it would have to be a complete meltdown. Yeah, you. you so if you want to bring horses like Campanelle maybe creative force and certainly naval crown really into this race you've got to think that the pace really collapses the one thing we saw about highfield princess in the in the nunthorpe and in the flying five is that she can be right there on the speed but she will finish it out really strongly and she's won a race over six and a half so oh she won all the races over seven earlier in her career but she won a group one at six and a half so i don't i don't see the pace completely imploding it often doesn't in this uh, configuration. No, no. So, see, I mean, see I get... that's why. To, that's why to my earlier point about Emiratiana, at least he is a horse who is is reasonably tactical. He can he can sit handy. He's not he's not going to be hung, you know, right out the back having his head scrubbed off. Let's move to the Philly and Mare Turf, a race which I think is this year's edition is sort of a microcosm of what this race has been. Chad Brown versus the world. I'm siding with my top pick uh, in here with with an Italian who I think might just be able to lead them from gate to wire. And I think the slightly shorter distance could play very much to an Italian's um, uh, advantage. But this is a very serious com- uh, bunch of shippers. And I'll certainly be messing around in, in exactas with all of them and in Italian as well. How do you separate uh, the, the shippers in here? Well, I think it's a fascinating race tactically. In, in Italian, will go forward, but I think Nashville is going to have to go forward as well. Otherwise, this is going to be like quite a lot of those Philly and Mare turfs we've seen over the years. And I think one of the reasons why in the early stage, in the early years of this race, the Americans enjoyed a lot more success than the Europeans because the, the local jockeys would get out, get position, and then they would drop anchor and you'd have the, the this sort of fast, slow, fast tempo to the race. So They'd be walking up the back and, and any amount of very talented 
European fillies ended up getting too far back and finishing off well, but not getting into the race. And and that could happen if if uh, in Italians allowed allowed her own way. I, I'm I'm inclined to think, along with you, that she she probably ought ought to start favourite for this race because there's so much in her favour. And the unknown about Nashua is how she's going to go around a track like this because she's a very exuberant galloper. And I'm, I'm quite convinced that she has more class and ability than any other filly or mare in this race. And it wouldn't surprise me at all to see her win and win well. I just wonder, given the way that she gallops, given her exuberance, given her natural tendency to, to race quite freely, whether the configuration of American tra- an American track is going to be absolutely ideal for her. And that's, that's my one slight doubt. But she's very, very good. I've got a lot of regard for Above the Curve as a horse who's only got a little bit to find on Nashville where they're running in the Prix de l'Opera. Whether she wants the ground this quick, even though she's by American Pharaoh, uh, I'm not entirely convinced. What do you think about her around the tight turns? There's been a, a lot of talk from uh, knowledgeable people, including uh, Vanessa, that she feels like the track is what got her beat that day at Chester. Is this a case where maybe well, the second time around the tight end she'll do better, or is it maybe not going to suit her? Yeah, Vanessa's concern about above the curb probably mirrors my concern about Nashua. She also had poor track position at Chester above the curb. Um, um, the winner rather got first run on her. She was locked up down the inside. Um, I, I think I think if you're looking at the value in the race, I think you've got to use Tuesday somewhere, haven't you? I think you just have to. Um, she she really didn't get the ground that she wanted in the Prix de l'Opera, but the second to Alpinista is the single best bit of form in this race. And the defeat of Emily Upjohn and Nashua doesn't look too bad in the Oaks. Yeah, nine furlongs is fine for her. She's got She's got plenty of pace. Um, even though she's by Galileo and she's been running over a mile and a half, I, I don't, I don't have an issue with that. She was second in the classic over a mile, and, uh, and placed in the in the one thousand guineas as well. So, uh, I, I think Tuesday is the overpriced one of the Europeans. That's an angle that's paid big, big dividends over the years, and I think it's something people should definitely be listening to. And I've got her in the mix as well, uh, all up and around my in Italian idea. Let's talk about the Breeders' Cup Mile. This is kind of a fun one where we've got uh, modern games coming back. Now, let's start with him because this is a horse where I feel like if he had come straight from Woodbine to here, he would be a considerably lower price than Nick's guess was uh, 7-2 to two in the morning line, and I, and I think he's right around that, maybe just a little bit shorter in the international markets. What of modern games, and what do you, do you think – that his chances are at all compromised by having that run in between that wasn't necessarily the first plan. Yeah, I think they've got to be, haven't they? I mean, I know he's a tough horse who thrives on his racing, but you'd much rather he was coming here off the back of Woodbine. It was a hard enough race at Ascot. And, uh, you know, he ran well. Uh, and Bayside Boy slightly freaked out and caught him by surprise. But, um, yeah, I, I, whilst I take the point that if you if you forgive one run that, that doesn't look quite as good as as you were expecting, then... You could argue that, that he he ought to be shorter than he is, but um, it, it's a race that it's the race that I I think my angle into this is is that Kinross and modern games need to be need to be taken on because 
Kinross is a, is a brilliant horse in great form, but one, the ground wants to be softer for him, and two, we don't know how effective he's going to be at this distance. Uh, and modern games, you know, he's he absolutely ran off his face in the Woodbine Mile. Um, and if he runs back to that, then he'll win. But it's a big if off the back of that Ascot performance. So, therefore, I, I personally think that Annapolis is the is is the one. I, I know his his draw isn't ideal for a horse who likes to go forward, but this is a horse that is improving hand over fist. And he's coming into this race in the form of his life. He could be a double figure price. There's going to be there's going to be plenty of pace on early to get them to get them all sorted out. So I think he will be able to slot in. I don't think he's going to be hung super wide early. And I, I, as I say, I, I just think he's a he's a, a horse on the up. Thought he was value for much more than the length and a half winning margin over Ivar on Order of Australia in the in the the Coolmore Mile here. And as I say, I just think he's too big. I think he's the coming force. I think there are reasons to think that the the the, the, the strong, admittedly strong European horses at the front of the market are taking too much out of it. I agree, and Annapolis, just adding to his appeal, has looked really, really good out here this week. I do need a quick word from you on Pogo and Dreamloper, both of whom I know have their fans. Yeah, and the past winner of the race, let's not forget, Order of Australia. That's right, I shouldn't um, leave him out. I can see Pogo running a bold race, in fairness. Um, you could argue maybe that he's slightly better at seven furlongs than he is at a mile, but you, what, 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 what do you know about Pogo? He's going to get out of he's going to get out of store one, and he's going to go like the clappers, and uh, and he's a very tough horse, and he'll still be he, he'll be hanging in there until very late. I just think there might be one or two with a with a smidge more class. In all honesty, I could see him finishing a creditable fourth. Dream Loper. It depends how literally you take her rating. If you take her rating of 120 as red then she's got a really interesting chance here. But she, she's become a bit of a wise guy horse. And now I don't think there is much juice in her price. Um, you know, she's only six to one on the morning line. I don't know what price she's likely to go off. I, 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 I'm, I, I mistrust the five and a half length victory in the Prix de Moulin. I don't really know what order of Australia is now. And I know the Revenant was just having a warm up run. I, I I don't. I don't think it was, uh, it was the hardest group one to win, and of course it was marred by the fatal accident to Caribus. Um, yeah, I'm. I, I, I'm unconvinced. Um, Sixes and, and eights for for Dream Loper. Yeah, that's that. That's fine, but she's not got any better a chance than that. Put it that way. And interestingly, they've they've tightened up modern games in the in the books and. Uh, 15 to 8 in the sharpest place I've seen. I have no idea how they're going to bet this race. I like your idea of trying to get uh, get something involved uh, at a bit of a price. Let's move on. If there's nothing else to say uh, for now about uh, the Breeders' Cup Mile, let's talk about the Breeders' Cup Turf, a race where, uh, you know, I really, this has been the last race I've wanted to make a pick in because I really wanted to see them. Biggest question for me coming into the week, is Mishriff over the top, or can he recapture some of that form that would have made him a sizable favorite in this race when he's going to be a big price? What do you make of Mishriff? Uh, if he runs the race that he ran in the Coral Eclipse and the uh, and arguably in the Judmont International, then he's a he's a big player in here, and you know, uh, 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 just an, a reasonably run mile and a half is, is is okay for him. I think he proved that in Dubai last year. You have to be ridden with a little bit of patience, a little bit of restraint. You know, he's not going to be the strongest stayer in the race. 
and maybe one or two of the others can can exploit that. And Frank, you'll ride a waiting race, I'm sure, from from stall eleven. I don't know is the honest answer. Apparently, he's working very well, and he's got conditions. He looks in his amazing. Favor. Yeah, mm. he looks amazing. I I've been very impressed, and I'm tempted to put him on top. But obviously, contention runs pretty deep here. It, well, it it does, but it's a really hard race to get an angle on because it's very hard to work out the relativity between these horses. You know, I, I think it was quite a hard decision for William Buick to pick Nation's Pride over Rebel's Romance, for example. That horses are vastly differing profiles. Um, I mean, what did Nation's Pride achieve in in New York? Uh, I don't know. Not that much. I didn't think it was a particularly deep race. But then I've been very impressed with him earlier in the year when they were on the Derby Trail with him. I, I'm quite surprised he didn't ride Rebels Romance. I, I, I know that Rebels Romance has been pointing towards this race from a long, long way out. Even before he won the glorious stakes of Goodwood, Charlie Apple, we were talking about this for him. And for that reason, I I think I just favour him over, over Nation's Pride of the of the Godolphin horses. Of the Coolmore horses, oof, again, what sort of broom do we think is going to step into the race here you know he's not really shown a right lot this season he had a super opportunity in the sword dancer which he couldn't take he's just looked really lethargic and stone age just have a really bad look... trip I, to be he, fair to he... broom a horse that i've come around on a little bit you know i mean i think if you look at the, the, the hardwick run very very good and i'm just the more i look back at the sword dancer it came up kind of fast the form of it's worked out okay and i just think he had kind of a no shot trip watching it again with the way yeah he uh, broke but he he's just looked slower this year i mean even when he won the hardwick it was a brilliant ride from ryan Moore, and he absolutely drilled him drilled him to win that race now it's not as though he's been spared since. He's been to America. He's run. He's been overmatched in the Irish Champions States, where he actually ran all right. And then, and then he sank in the in the in the swamp at, at Longchamp. But <laughs> I, I just, oh, I, I did. It'll be a dark day if Broom wins this race, won't it? <laughs> not for me. I think I'm going to be covering him. If not, if not making oh. him my pick, I just I look. It's I. I think it, for me, it comes down to price and. I think he's going to be a very, very big number when, when push comes to shove. So he, he's one I've got to keep on side. There's just you there's might. enough bits of form, including what he did in this race last year. Believe me, I was shocked that I came up with this opinion. I've I've not um, I've not been very good with getting getting this horse right. And you may be you may be correct, but I, I you know if we're talking about a horse is going to be twenty to one, I, I think it might pay to be a little bit more forgiving than you're being. But that's just my thought. I'm, I'm trying now. I'm trying to work out why Ryan Moore's on on Stone Age rather than the horse that finished second in the race last year that he's won a grade two on the season. You know? It's not a positive. That's the other thing. Yeah. But it is the kind of thing that will probably help you get compensated in price, just like your your idea on, on Rebels Romance. I mean, I think, to me, and I, I, I picked on Nick about this when I had him on the show yesterday, I feel like the Buick decision is going to flip the market. And it hasn't really happened at the bookies yet, but I think by the time they, the, they're off, all the Yabir 2.0 stories are going to are gonna get in people's heads. And I, I think there's going to be enough stories that they'll be equal or, or Nation's Pride maybe being the favorite. And this, these other horses are going to yeah. be some big numbers. Yeah, you're, you're probably right. I, I think I think where I'd have to concede to you is that neither Nation's Pride nor Rebels Romance has, has any you know, anything like superstar status at this stage of their respective careers. At, at, at one point in his career, Mishrif definitely did. And he has shown glimmers of it this year. 
And the more we talk about this race, the more you're almost talking me into this project because warlike goddess aside, this is not this is not a stellar group of horses. Last year we saw we saw what happened, and and you know it 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 could be similar where you know I'm I'm holding two thoughts in my head here, but if 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 my read on Mishriff is wrong and he is going the wrong way and it's not for whatever reason one of these breeders cups where all the Appleby runners run a length faster than you, you might have thought they would have on a paper. You, you can start to construct a scenario and you don't need to have that much to hang your hat on when you're dealing with a horse that's going to be the kind of price that the brim is going to be. Um, I keep, you know, kicking it back and forth. Let me ask you about your opinion about Warlike Goddess. Do you think she has any chance in this race? I've been very negative about her and caught some flack for that. I, you know, I think she might find this group a little too tough, but what's your thought? Um. Well, I suppose the, I suppose the, the reality is that we, we, we don't know that she's done improving yet. I know she's five, but she's certainly on, on an upward curve. It looks like her form is cycling to a massive effort as well, doesn't it? It that's a read of it. If you think she fits, if it was against, you know, if it, if it was against a, and here I've just been talking about how maybe it's not some stellar group of, of turf horses, but. I, I'm t- I'm a little bit torn, but I think the biggest thing for me on Warlike Goddess is that the, some of the figures I've seen uh, from private figure makers just ha- have her like not super slow, but slower than the publicly available ones. So I'm just a little bit worried about how she's going to class up. That's all. But I know what you're saying Does in she, terms of her pattern. The, the, the interesting thing is that yeah, if you like a horse like Mishrif, you, you you don't want the pace to be too searching because you don't want to stretch his the elastic of his stamina to, to breaking point um by contrast i suspect that if you like warlike goddess you'd like them to go pretty hard um and pretty determinedly throughout would that be a fair read of this i think so 100 percent. i mean i think stamina is definitely going to be uh th- that's definitely her friend and, and definitely not necessarily his friend and, and they'll be looking for very different type of runs. It might be an interesting horizontal betting play to, to use them as, as partners because you kind of have various pace scenarios um, ironed out for you. That is, if you're willing to take on the Appleby runners. I mean, where 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 your broom project, where you're where you're going to be hopeful there is that you're going to think that he's just going to be sent to the lead, and he he mightn't get too much too much pressure because dear old Channel Maker is. Uh, he can't quite do what he used to be able to do in that respect, can he? He's—I mean, he'd still be on toward the front, but is he quite? Is he quite as good? As, is he quite as good as he was? No. He looks a proper long shot to me. I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I think it's—he's it, really got his—he's uh, really got his work cut out for him. And you figure—you you figure they'll send bye bye Melvin down there at the rail, yeah. and then in terms of what happens in behind that, I mean, just looking well, at Broom, a, Broom, surely. Broom will be drilled, won't he? He will, he will be drilled. I, you think, like, drilled as in, like, needs to go to the lead, or do you think... Well, I think I think that, you know, this is not an outfit that tends to pussyfoot around when they've got a horse like that. You know, they, yeah. they, they, get out, they get out and get out hard. I'd like to see it. On pace figures recently... You'd you'd maybe guess that Stone Age would be would be ahead of, of Broom, but Broom also the, the pace map is messed up because Broom didn't break in the Sword Dancer, so I'm sure that's like messing with the algorithm. So what you're saying, it you know makes uh, makes some degree of sense. I certainly want to be ridden forward. I'll tell you, I'll tell it's you that. Much. Base, I think I think you know we we 
I've sort of worked my way to the to where we started again, which is that we're sort of trying to determine how the race is going to be run and whether horses can take a step forward and whether the filly's good enough against the boys and whether the Americans are any good at all and whether the Europeans that have come from funky places like Aqueduct and Hoppergarten can actually step forward on a big stage like a Breeders' Cup race. And then it all comes back to, hang on a minute, there's a horse in this race that's a classic winner, a multiple Group 1 winner, and has still shown form this season and is ridden by Frankie Dottori and the stable's probably in better form than they have been all year. Do you know what? I'll take a chance that his stamina will last out and uh, yeah. Mishrif can win it. And oh, by the way, you're getting a, you know, you're getting a decent price on him. It's not this horse that we described, who I think we can probably all agree looking at like, if you just ask the question, you know, five years from now, who is the best horse who competed in that turf? I mean, I think we know the answer and it's Mishrif and he's six to one. So, yeah, yeah. I, 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 you've helped me out tremendously here. We have this final answer show tonight, and I, I, I'm going to pick at Mishriff Broom, and, and the, the, which is very dangerous with the Appleby runners in there. But, hey, you know, no guts, no glory. I don't want to pigeonhole you as just the turf guy, but we, we are running a little short on time. I do want to just pepper you with a couple of other general Breeders' Cup questions, and then I'll let you get out of here. Uh, can, can Flightline lose? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I don't yeah. i don't see I, how 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 can he put how yeah. how no he can't oh if it he if can't. it wasn't a horse race i'd say he couldn't lose you know that's it's a, it's that kind of thing but yeah it's it's that's gonna be fun uh, give me another dirt horse you're looking forward to seeing compete a uh, table will finish second buddy classic well i i'm a i'm such a team epicenter guy but i think they could run two three in either order i'll, I'll give you that mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the three-year-olds are the interesting ones for the unders, aren't they? I think so. Nick got Nick got some some real stick for making um, for making life as good, not the second choice from a lot of people. But I think that's the way they're going to bet it. Honestly, I think the three-year-olds are very logical, and I think they're going to they're going to catch a lot of money in this. That's interesting well, that you prefer Taba to Epicenter. Do you think Todd is actually genuinely still thinking about how to play this race, or 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 it's just mind games? Because he 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 spent much of the early part of the fall saying. That flyline needs to come catch him, and they're going to use they're going to use him and use his speed. Um, and then I, in, in the interview we did on my podcast with Michelle yesterday, it, he didn't sound so sure. Yeah, well, maybe the draw has something to do with that, um, or or who knows? I mean, they they have such a difficult assignment in there in terms of tactics. I really feel like their chance to win is something that nobody wants to see, which would be basically a no-show from Flightline. They, you know, if Flightline wasn't in the race, he'd look very interesting maybe to try to go out there and wire him. As it is with Flightline on his hip, I, I don't see the, the scenario really. Okay. Well, there we are. I think we both agreed, aren't we? <clears throat> it's Flightline over the, over the three-year-olds. We seem to have lost Nick, but we're just about out of time. Anyway, we'll thank Nick one more time. We'll thank our friends at the Breeders' Cup. We will not thank the guy in the water truck making all that noise. But, hey, they've got work to do here. Two big days of racing coming up at the Breeders' Cup. Uh, Who else should we thank? Let's thank our founding partners just for fun. Ten Strike Racing and the Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation. It's all happening, folks. Check out the final answer show tonight. I'm PTF from Keeneland. May you win all your photos.
Thank you. 